0: There's no way around it. Caring for a loved one with dementia is not for the faint of heart. We don't know what we don't know, and many families focus so much on the person with dementia that they forget to keep their eyes on the family member managing care, which can be catastrophic.
1: In this podcast, we'll help you become more proactive and remind you to focus on yourself. We will share challenges and wins, and guidance from professionals at every step in the journey of caring for a loved one with Alzheimer's and other dementias. Welcome to the Eye on the Caregiver podcast.
0: We're so happy to have Carol Blackwell with us today. Carol is the brains behind Memory Cafe for you in Vienna, Virginia. Carol, thank you so much for
2: joining us. My pleasure to be here. So, Carol,
1: you've been a a really good friend to our foundation for years, uh, you and I, First met like five years ago um, and we absolutely love the community that you've built. I know you're a caregiver uh, to your husband during his Alzheimer's and, and you have your own journey. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your caregiving journey?
2: Um, sure. So my husband was diagnosed with Alzheimer's in 2006 when he was only 64 years old and it was a real blow to both of us. And I remember on the way home, we were driving home from the doctor's appointment. um, I felt so lonely. We both felt so lonely. I kept thinking there are 5 million people in the U.S. with dementia. And where are they? And how can we talk to them? And my husband really, really wanted to talk to other people with dementia. And so this is sort of like the beginning of how we thought about memory cafe, but you know, where do you find these people? You can't, obviously the doctors aren't going to release information on their patients with dementia. Um, So where do we find them? You can't walk out in the street and say, Hey, you know, you look like you've got Alzheimer's want to join a group. Um, So that lasted for quite a while. It was really difficult. And I remember the loneliness for both of us, but after a few months, Um, we found out about clinical trials at Georgetown, which were a godsend. I'd recommend anybody to do that because it's not that the clinical trial necessarily is successful, although, you know, one of them will be one day. It was the fact that for my husband being in a clinical trial, he felt that he was giving back and they treated him there like he was a rock star. He loved going, going down there because he would get lunch and people would be so friendly to him. And my husband is a a raving, was a raving extrovert and he loved to talk with people. So that was really helpful. Then we got into something called um, Friends Club, which is a place for men with early dementia. And then we started Memory Cafe. And so it's been a long journey. My husband was home for six years. And then after about six years, he sort of forgot who I was. He was kind of afraid of me. He wanted to get away from me. And one night when he woke up and said, they're coming, we have to get out of here, and got up and tried to leave, I realized I wasn't strong enough to be able to stop him if he got out and it wasn't safe for him to be wandering around. So um, I had to put him in a facility. Then he knew who I was. That was very strange. So he was there for six years. You still have to be an advocate, even a facility, because, you know, you just do. So the last two years, I was up there a lot um, because he was in a wheelchair and couldn't feed himself. So he died in 2018. And that was the journey. It's very difficult, for the, obviously, for the person with the disease and for the loved one as well.
1: Yeah, that's really why we're here. Right. Um, right. That's why I mean, we're we here. we have a uh, somewhat similar story in that um, our dad was a wanderer. Our dad got paranoid. My, our dad wanted to go north, even though we didn't know what north was. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I'm I'm sorry for your loss. And and but I'm, I'm very appreciative of you taking this journey and making an impact in the community with it and that's that's really inspiring to us
0: it really is carol we love speaking with caregivers who have turned their story into something wonderful to help others and you can see that your your husband was doing that already you know and um and you joined along. So we find with so much awareness around Alzheimer's over the last decade or so, more families have heard about things like memory cafe and maybe adult day centers, but many more have not. So in fact, when our dad was diagnosed, we had no idea that memory cafes existed. We didn't know what they were. And I think um, we say so often, you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> and so um, we, if you don't know that they're available and out there, you know, how do you go in search of one? So let's talk a little bit about Memory Cafe. What is Memory Cafe and how does it differ from a support group?
2: Um, memory Cafe is something for the, for the person with dementia and the caregiver both. Um, because frequently you are home a lot with your loved one who has dementia, but you're not necessarily having fun. So we started the Memory Cafe to find you know, again, it's finding, finding people that have the disease. So we'd heard about it. A friend and I started our memory cafe in 2012. We read about it and then we talked about it and decided we worked together to, find, to start it. And so it's for couples to be together and have a good time. We don't, all memory cafes are different. So ours, we decided to work on the social aspect of it. Getting together. Um, learning about each other, having a good time, playing games, talking, celebrating birthdays, celebrating anniversaries, a way to get from the day-to-day stress and enjoy each other's company. And when you talk with someone that's gone through this journey, it's different than just our friends listen and they care, but they can't really know what it's like. So you can talk to people, other spouses in Memory Cafe, like you can't talk to other people. You just... There's a bond there. We become family. We're close with each other. So we share resources. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of fun.
1: Well, you, you probably don't know this, but, um, you know, we met, um, I, I don't remember when, Michelle. I, I think we talked about this in pre-interview. I think it was like 2018. I don't think it was even 2019. And we had started the foundation in 2016. And we were primarily giving just giving money away um, to other programs and, and to the Alzheimer's Association and we decided that we wanted to start um, uh, you know being a little bit more in charge of programs that we have and we, we came across you and I went to an event so it's very different you know I had a, a different ex- a, a little different experience in that um, I um, I had my experience with my dad I had my experience with my grandmother but I really hadn't had a lot of interaction with other people right your memory cafe was such a a big part of the where we've come from in our foundation and i tell this story all the time and it's your event that it happened where i i physically saw people who were who couldn't communicate start banging on drums and by the end of the hour they were so engaged and they were the spouses were having fun uh their loved ones were engaged they were they were singing it was it was Magical. I don't know how else to say it. And uh, we actually had the the, uh, the team that came and did that drum thing on our podcast um, earlier. And you know, so you so I I've been there, and I, I it was just really an eye opening experience for me. And, and you've done such a wonderful job in the community providing activities that engage caregivers and their loved ones. Like so, you know, I saw one. What are some of your favorite activities that you guys do in the Memory Cafe?
2: Um, So we have a lot of, you know, people with dementia respond better to music. So we like to have a lot of music. We have sing-alongs. We have groups that come and do that. One of the most popular ones recently has been a hula group because they love watching the the colorful costumes and the dances, which tell stories, and listening to the music. So that's been a popular one. We've had that come back as well. We also, they like to play, um, like to do bowling. So you think, well, yeah, that's okay for the caregivers, but what about the people with dementia? They're the ones that are winning the bowling and they feel so good about themselves because they can get up there. It's a, I mean, it's a five pound bowl, it's not a bowling alley, a five pound ball and some pins and they knock it down and they are so happy with themselves. And they wanna know how the other people are doing because they wanna know that they won. So that's a lot of fun. We have Halloween parties which if only we ask people to dress up, they don't have to. Um, But we like sweep a pumpkin down the hallway or there's just a lot of laughing. We have a Easter egg hunt during Easter. Um, It's just a way to forget about the disease for a while and be just a person and a couple. So those are some of our favorite ones. Recently, because of COVID and things like that, we've been playing more um, like bingo and stuff like that. So but we just like to have a good time.
1: How did COVID affect you during those you know, two years?
2: Um, we ended up having to go to virtual, so we went on Zoom. So that was a little different. We would do that every week. Um, and we actually, to be quite frank, a lot of our uh, people that had dementia ended up having to go in facilities. They seem It seemed to be a steep decline, much more than I've noticed in other years. So we're now trying to build back up. We're now back in person again. Um, And we're trying to build our membership back up again. But that, it was a blow. And I know a lot of memory cafes in the area here, they weren't able to continue because they hadn't had too many people. And then they lost most of them. So it's it's been a tough time.
0: Yeah, a tough time all around. You mentioned mentioned this before, and I can speak to this like Sean. You know, one of the things I love most about your community is it's become a family. It has. I, I watched this when I would you know when I was actively before I moved because now I'm not I'm not um, in that area anymore but the care and concern that you have for everyone and that everyone has for each other is really what you find in family and you have caregivers who maybe their loved one has to move into a memory care facility or other long term care facility but the caregivers continue coming because. Yes. The support and the love that they get, it's like a family. And there's just something, um, the idea that, you know, as a caregiver, you have the ability to have fun with your loved one and also, you know, just feel like you're not alone is in- invaluable. It's, it's simply invaluable and, and we just we just love it. And I love the celebrations that you have too. You know, the monthly birthdays and your holidays everyone there's just so much joy you know you look around and the joy is on everyone's face and it just is a a a big testament to what you're doing
2: we we love i mean we love the memory cafe and we are a family and we are close to each other and that makes it succeed because it really has taken away the terrible loneliness that everybody feels when they get um when, you know, when they get the diagnosis, it's just kind of mind-numbing for a while, as I'm sure you went through when you had your father's diagnosis. And to find a family of people, as we said, it's a club that you never wanted to join, but there are wonderful people there. And to help each other get through it, that's just been a godsend.
1: Yeah. I mean, we didn't know, we didn't even know memory cafes existed you know, during our journey, you know. And, um, you know, I, I wish we had. I mean, I wish. We had access to to you back then because it was especially for my mom because they they lived uh in ocean city maryland out on the eastern shore and we were in northern virginia three hours away and it's just very lonely and isolating you it know is. for them and uh so you know I, I i you know kind of piggybacking on what michelle you know brought up is the idea of family you know there's communication and friendships that have been created that you know for lifetimes in your memory cafe um, but this is also a really good opportunity to support each other, right? And help uh, caregivers share resources and referrals to services and make them aware of, of, a, the, of the, a much bigger support system out there than they may know about. Do you, is that an accurate statement?
2: Yes. Yeah. In fact, we put together a resource list of um, or home care organizations um, that we recommended and actually some that people didn't recommend. So we send that out to people. We have a list of caregivers that will help them. Um, we talk a lot about in this area in particular, there's Insight Memory Care, which is a place that um, has daycare, but it also does a lot of educational classes for people and caregivers with dementia, and it's wonderful. So we will give them the book that they have, and we'll recommend them, and we recommend the clinical trials. And so um, people are really able to share different kinds of resources, and that's been really helpful as well. We, we have a whole resource table, so um, people are able to go help. Because a lot of times, if you don't know about something, you don't know about it, and it can't help you if you don't use it.
1: Yeah, you don't even know what to ask, right? Right, you don't know what what you don't know. Yeah, that's right. You
2: don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Go ahead.
0: Go Go ahead. I talked right over you.
2: No, no. I I was just going to say. I mean, the thing about the Memory Cafe is we didn't, weren't able to even find out about it and get it up and going. And by that time, my husband wasn't able to use it because he was in a place then. So I always am sorry that my husband wasn't able to use that as much. So we're hoping that others will.
0: Oh, I hope so too. I do want to like just reiterate the fact that memory cafes are very, you know, can be very different. So while you guys have the mission of being very social, um, you know, that might not be the case. And I don't, I do know of other memory cafes where they're educational and they use memory cafe time to, um, do educational programs and more of a support group. And some of them even divide up, like they'll divide up the caregivers and the people with dementia, and they will have different activities. Um, you know, it, it all depends on what a particular group is interested in, but yes. I, I just can't speak enough to the social aspect and the, and the interaction and and you know that type of memory cafe and I think if you're a person out there who's listening and you're thinking about a memory cafe I would ask those questions you know because you can find a support group that will give you the support that you might need and answer all the questions you might have and you can find a memory cafe it it, it's not the same thing and it and it shouldn't be the same thing because when you can engage your loved one and watch the joy overcome them with programs like you put on um, it, you can't put a price tag on that, you know, for, for both sides, right? For, yes. For both sides. And I also want to mention, um, I've had a couple people ask me this, not a lot, but enough for me to bring it up. Memory cafe is not respite in the sense that this is not an opportunity for you to drop off your loved one who has dementia so that you can take care of yourself, maybe run errands and drop them off for an hour and a half. This, the, that's not what this is. The the intent is that you're there together, you're engaging together, you're participating together, you're finding joy together in in a life that at home, there might not be a lot of joy because it's it's stressful, you know, um, without a doubt. So just make sure if you're listening, you know, this is not an opportunity. Memory Cafe is not intended for you to drop off your loved one so that you can... Um, you know, go run errands or, or have a break. It's not a daycare type of situation. Right. Um, it, that's not that's not the intent.
2: Right. You are right. So,
1: so Carol, so when you think about Memory Cafe and you've, you know, you know perspective is everything, right? And people yes. have reasons of why they wouldn't come or not. So what do you think are some of the roadblocks of people uh, who don't come to Memory Care or yeah, who know about it and either have some preconceived notion of what it is and may be hesitant to take advantage of that.
2: My experience has been for some people, um, admitting that your loved one has dementia is, is something to be ashamed of. I don't understand why because it isn't any different than any other disease. Um, but some, for some people that's still the way it is. I mean, I talked to somebody once and she said, you know, I, it's okay. I paid and I took a class on how not to get dementia. So I'm all right. I'm thinking, you know, it has, you can't take a class. It's like, you can't take a class and how not to get cancer or how to get some kind of, you just can't do that. So it's not something people can prevent, or if they were only using their mind, they wouldn't get it. The people that are in our memory cafe are brilliant people. So I don't understand the stigma, but that's what I've been told, is that people don't want to admit that their loved one has it, or they don't want to see people, other people with dementia. They don't want to sit and see what their loved one may become. But their loved one will stay more like they are now if they're engaged with other people. That's partly what we're hoping that it will do, is that it will sort of somehow... Um, make the disease progress less quickly because the people are so engaged now and working on things. So, but that's what I've heard, why people might not. So we're hoping to talk people out of that.
0: Hopefully these types of conversations will do just that, right? And they'll Hopefully they of, will. Kind of bust the myths around, uh, right. around around memory care. You know, I do want to say, you made a point that I think is is so important. Many people, and especially, I saw it a lot in your memory cafe, and I saw it with your husband, too. Wasn't your husband CIA, is that correct?
2: Yeah, yeah, and and my husband was one of of the brilliant ones. He was, you know, had a PhD, was a college professor, worked for the agency as a, a senior person. So the people in here are people that they couldn't help getting the disease.
0: And the reason I ask that question is the same with our dad, right? Our dad was a cryptologist with the national Security agency. He spoke spoke fluent Russian. He was very well educated and, you know, it, it isn't, it, Alzheimer's doesn't pick and choose, you know, it, it, it it doesn't pick and choose. And I think when people, you know, realize that this is all around them, you know, and, and everyone can benefit it, it, you know, that's what we need to change. You know, that that's the message that we need to get out there and and have conversations like this, you know? Yes. Um, so, well, I, so I
1: think there's also, you know, we talked about this many times of different generations and how they feel they need support and how they talk, right? And, you know, my my parents and my mom in particular, you know, just didn't want to talk about it. You know, didn't you know and I I mean, was she borderline um, you know, thinking that, you know, dad didn't have Alzheimer's, I think probably. <laughs> but, you know, she just didn't want support. She didn't want to talk to anybody. We, we said, you want to go to some groups and have you know conversations? No, I don't want to do any of that. And it was just, a, I think that generation, you know, was, was very much a, hey, just, you know, keep your head down and, and just work your way through it. Um, you know, maybe now as, you know, um, baby boomers are starting to kind of, you know, move into you know, Alzheimer's kind of ranges. At younger kids, their their kids are of a different generation may be more open to trying to get their parents to try things um, and go to memory cafe cafes like yours, or or support groups, or go online and and try and find some kind of outlet to to connect with people.
0: Yes, there's a, there's a real misconception about um, memory cafe and even. Um, long-term care, right? There's this yeah. misconception in that, you know, I I promised my spouse or I promised my parent that I would take care of them as long as I could and I have no intention of putting them in long-term care. And they they don't realize that there's a tremendous benefit to their loved one to be in in a long-term care facility that understands dementia, that understands yes. understands how important it is to to interact and some of the activities that when you're at home and this is your life and you've got other things going on at the same time, you're not going to spend the time most often doing the things to engage them in a, at yeah. a level that they're able to engage. And so that's a, a piece that's missing. And I think the same with Memory Cafe. I know yes. our mom, I think she had a little PTSD from her mother-in-law. So our grandmother lived with them when she had dementia and they went to a support group when she was first diagnosed and it was borderline traumatic for them because she was at an earlier stage of the disease than the people they saw in the support group right. and so all they could see was what it was going to become and they yes. couldn't get past it and she has never gotten past it she i don't think she would ever go to any kind of support group i don't think we could drag her there you know because she has she doesn't think it would be helpful for her because i think it takes her back to a place that was very scary And, you know, I don't know what to do with that, you know, other than just have these conversations and talk about it, but the interaction and the activities and keeping your loved one engaged is so important yet so difficult at home, especially when behaviors begin to be a little combative or if they're exit seekers like your husband and our dad, he always just wanted to leave. So her whole day was spent trying to keep him in the house.
2: Right. I mean, it is incredibly stressful. It is it is not fun. And, and yes, these places with activities do them a lot more. And I also, I've talked to people that said they would never put their loved one in a facility because they promised them. But really in the facility, they're dealing with, so the people in the facility would engage my husband the way he was now. And for me, partly all I could see is the way he used to be. And so I wanted him to be back that way again. And so there's also that kind of frustration. But in, in Memory Cafe, when we see people, we never knew them the way they were before. So you can have fun with them and appreciate them the way they are now and engage them in activities. So yeah, I, I, the activities that, at our Memory Cafe and a lot of these long-term places are, are designed to bring them to life, to make them have fun. And so you miss that when you're just sitting home. Because I've talked to people that said, oh, no, my my loved one just wants to sit and watch TV. So that's okay. It gives me time. I'll just let them sit and watch TV. But that's not good for them. They need to be engaged. So I guess we're preaching to the choir. But yeah, I agree with you. Absolutely.
0: I just think there's a lot of people that, that need to hear that. You know, they really do. So the concept of memory cafe goes back to the Netherlands. I think the first memory cafe was started in 1997. And yes. as of today, um, I did a little bit of research, and I think there may be as many as like 800 memory cafes across the world, not across the country, but there's hundreds of memory cafes. That's wonderful. And there's, they're, they're not only located in the US, but they're located overseas. And I'm kind of curious, you, do tra- you travel, would you ever consider visiting a memory cafe if your if your loved one was in the earlier phases of dementia and you were going overseas, would you ever consider visiting a memory cafe when you were there? Would that help the travel or is is that a quite like a
2: funny question? What you mean for me to do it or for me to, if I were traveling with my loved one? If you were if, traveling with your loved one. In the early stages, yes, I would. Yes, I would. I would love to. Um, the problem is for, for most of them, you know, they're not really necessarily close to where you are, but I would absolutely consider doing that. Absolutely.
0: It's, I think it's good to know that that's available too, you Yes. know, or, yes. If you have, or if you're geographically in a different location than your children and say, my, my parents would come visit us for a month, you know, finding a, a memory cafe local to us could be, you know, another great thing, you know, during okay. that month, during that month's time.
2: Yes, I would think so. Absolutely.
1: So Carol, um, so before we wrap this up, um, you know, one, I want to thank you for coming out today and, and talking with us and, um, the, uh, and like I said, you know, your, your memory cafe had that, that experience I had with you had such a, you know, profound impact on me, uh, personally. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate everything you've done. Like I said earlier, I appreciate you taking this experience and, and giving back and giving back to the community and, and, and. That's just so amazing. So I want to thank you uh, for coming on board for this podcast and sharing your story and sharing, you know, details about memory ca- your Memory Cafe and, and your your thoughts on, on just Memory Cafes in general. So thank you very much for coming on board and thank you for everything you do for, you know, the Alzheimer's community.
2: Well, I mean, thank you for asking me. I really uh, I want to advertise. I want people to know about Memory Cafe. And I mean, it's given me more than I've ever been able to give it. It's a, it's a family, and it's just so important for people to be connected to others going through the same thing. So I hope everybody looks for one in their area.
1: Well, thank you.
0: That's great. So we have show notes. There will be show notes attached to this, and we'll include a link to... Your email, if anyone is in the Vienna, Virginia, Northern Virginia area that might be interested in visiting your memory cafe, but there's also a global memory cafe locator site where people can put in their city or their zip code, and we're going to include that in the show notes too. So right. if you're not if you're not in the Vienna, Virginia area, you know uh, we'll give you some ways that you can look up memory cafes in your area. So again, I join Sean in saying thank you so much. We just love everything you do, and. Appreciate your time.
2: Oh, thank you.